Well, to it. It is, of course, chewing the fat. Thank you for coming along for the ride today. Big day. Uh, for those of you that aren't aware and are listening live on the 15th of October, 2020, it is the end of the census today. I know the census data collection is ending. The internet self-response is going to be up till the end of the day today. Phone response till the end of scheduled times. Paper responses must be postmarked by October 15th, 2020. And non-response follow-up census takers will continue resolving non-responding addresses through the end of today, which is October 15th. Yes, I know. Dry your eyes. But there's good news for those of you that are weeping that it's the end of the census taking. Tesla is cutting its Model S price to only $69,420. I know. I know. If anything dries your eyes. It's when a car drops his price to less than (laughs) $70,000. On behalf of Tesla, (laughs) you're welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. These college kids for trying to come up with a way to make some money. They're in college. They They need money. You need cash for, you know, even just get around money, right? You just need a little a little extra get around money. Something to have in your pocket. Well, apparently, uh, there's kids at the university. Well, it's Brigham Young, so it's BYU-Idaho. Uh, apparently, are looking into accounts that students are intentionally contracting COVID-19. And you think, my gosh, why are they doing that? Well, they need the money. They want to sell their plasma with antibodies for profit. <laughs> okay. I mean, you need a little get around money. That's all. Now the university has definitely condemned this behavior and is actively looking for students who might be engaged. So if you're a student at BYU, Idaho, I would suggest that you, when asked, say no, no, I'm sorry, I have COVID-19. I tested positive for coronavirus. Sure, I'm selling my plasma with antibodies to the highest bidder, but I did not intentionally go out and get COVID-19. So, there. Prove it. Because they're saying they're going, if they find anyone uh, that did it, immediately suspended, maybe permanently dismissed. Okay. Now, maybe you stop places from paying for plasma and antibodies from people who have already tested positive for COVID-19. I don't know how you do that. This is America. And I mean, these kids, these kids on, you know, from universities forever to make some money and that money is no more or very little now right so there's got to be new ways to make a little cash and with limited ways to make money in today's world that's a pretty good idea I'm not going to do it I don't think it's a good idea but it is an idea to make some extra cash and I'm going back to the title of yesterday's show, Good Luck, God Bless, but, you know, even with the numbers saying that in their age group, I'm sure most of the age group at BYU-Idaho is in a young age group that typically doesn't get extra sick with COVID-19, has minor symptoms, and then done with it. So, you know, odds are in your favor. But it's your bet. It's your bet. There may be other ways for you to get a little getting around money. I don't know. Like just having the city give you money. Little universal basic income coming from the city. That's what San Francisco is going to start doing. They're going to be giving struggling artists thousand bucks a month. 
Now, under this plan, they're saying there's 130 artists in the city. I'm guessing, this is just a thought from me here at Chewing the Fat. Once this program starts, you're going to have more than 130 artists in the city. But so be it. So it's going to be for a period of six months starting early next year. Okay, they want to, it's part of the city's economic recovery task force. Yay! Artists uh, to paint murals with public health theme on boarded up businesses and deploy performance artists to promote COVID safe behaviors in high foot traffic areas. <laughs> Boy, that'll be good, huh? Yeah, can't wait. So, you know, they love it. The, uh, the, Universal basic income people are all just in love with it. I uh, I guess, okay, they can spend their money on whatever they want. But good luck. They're talking about a study that was done in Vancouver, Canada. Well, I hear more and more about Vancouver. Uh, that recipients reduced their spending on cigarettes and alcohol, and they were more likely to find stable housing than those who didn't benefit from the program. They got the unconditional cash transfer of $7,500 in cash. Vancouver and Vancouver says their emergency shelter system uh, saved over $8,000 a person by giving these people $7,500 in cash. Okay. Uh, sure. I guess Stockton, California, privately funded a uh, universal basic income program to provide $500 in cash to 125 recipients earning. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. And they extended it beyond the 18 months it was supposed to run because of the pandemic. So all these people are still getting the extra 500 from the city. Good for them. <laughs> Good. I mean, if you can't get it, why not take it? You can quote me on that. If you can get it, why not take it? Am I right? Thank you. Uh, no problem. If you can get it, why not take it? Now, I know, uh, I'd like to know how they're choosing the artists, who actually gets, you know, gets uh, knighted to be an artist from the king. But according to this story, details are still sparse. Oh, okay. In fact, the quote is still pretty sparse from the mayor's office. Huh. So we've just decided, look, it's part of the uh, shared spaces programs, I guess. And what was the group that this is coming from, from the, from the city, the uh, economic recovery task force. All right. Well, good for them. I know they're busy putting things together. Here's an idea that might help the Economic Recovery Task Force. And this is just, again, <laughs> off the top of my head. I'm not part of the Recovery Task Force. But one of my ideas would be to open up the businesses. If they're still able to. You know, instead of having the artists paint murals on the wood that's boarded up the front of the stores. That's just a thought. I know. Crazy. I get it. So I apologize. Never mind. Take the thousand bucks. But I guarantee you, this story mentions 130 artists in the city. I promise you, San Francisco will have more than 130 artists once this plan gets implemented. In fact, I think I'm now a <laughs> for a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, no, yeah, I live in San Francisco, but no, Jeff, you're in Texas. Yeah, no, I live. I'm from San Francisco. Uh, that's what I call my home, and I'm an artist. So are you sure I'm in Texas right now? Sure, but I really call San Francisco home, and I'm an artist. So if you could just send me a thousand bucks a month, that'd be great. Thank you. And again, I realize that, you know, some of these plans 
may seem to help in, in the short term. And that's what they're trying to do is at least get through the short term. Because if you give people money each month, you're hoping that they don't do crime, that they do less drugs. So other things spend less money on trying to take care of these dingleberries because they have some money. I, you know, I understand, I understand the thinking, except that it's coming from you and me. It's not Bill Gates handing out the money. It's the tax dollars that is helping out. And that my friends is exactly why we have a big struggle in Washington, DC about the spending bill, but I don't want to get into that. Please. I know I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but a lot of those bills, uh, that's the deal. That's why the president doesn't want to do it because of the money is going to be going to these hell holes like San Francisco. And they want to just give the money, you know, shirts, Sure, their argument is giving the money back to the people, but eh, eh, without asking for something in return, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, I don't want to say the word dumb. No, that's the wrong word. I can't think of the right word. We'll just stick with dumb. Speaking of dumb, and again, these, you know, you talk about the people just trying to find a way to make make a buck. Times are tough. I get it. Uh, according to this story, a couple of guys in Florida uh, are the dumbest criminals of the week. Now, okay, so these guys are dumb. No question, right? All right, they're just dumb. They, well, I'll tell you what they did. They went on a burglary spree in Ocala and Marion Counties. Now, I've been to Ocala and through Marion Counties and, uh, you know, some of the people there may be questionable intellectually, but there's still <laughs> not all of them. Easy, easy. Not all of them. Shut up. But these two uh, had a little issue. All right. So they uh, they left behind some things at the stores that they robbed. So sure, they left behind a shoe, some of their tools. And uh, one of them, <laughs> you know, left behind his wallet. And sure, they were stealing cigarettes and alcohol from convenience stores. Sure, they started smoking cigarettes on camera in the stores while they were committing the crime. (laughs) So sure, I know they're dumb. Everybody's trying to make a buck. Everybody's trying to, you know, is hurting for money. I get it. But this story comes from the police department. And it's the sheriff's office in Marion County and they put it up there and it's the, you know, dumbest criminals of the week. And maybe that's a thing they do uh, at the Marion County Sheriff's Office. I mean, let the sheriffs get away with it. We've played sheriffs from all over the country who I love, uh, including my man down in in, uh, Polk County, Polk County, Florida, Grady Judd. And there's plenty of other sheriffs and several of them in Florida that are awesome, including the sheriff right here in Texas in the county I live in, Tarrant County. He is uh, awesome. Bill Wade, he'd been on the show before. I don't remember the episode number, though, off the top of my head, but he's been on the show before. I, you know, he, he certainly has been awesome so far. But I, as I'm reading the story, it's written from a police officer's perspective uh, on their Facebook page, and I'm... I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's supposed to come from us. That's not supposed to come from the sheriff's department. (laughs) Now, being a thief already makes you dumb, but that isn't why they are this week's dumbest criminals. You see, these two went on a burglary spree inside the city limits of Ocala and out here in the county. And then they go on to list all the dumb things that they did. And so when the police officers knocked on the door... Of the guy that left his wallet at the store. (laughs) He confessed. Both were arrested and are now in the Gold Star Hotel. Wow. Confessed. 14 grand theft and burglary charges. I mean, the least you can do is say, No. It wasn't me. It's not me. Look at that. Look at that. You can't even see that that's me on the camera. Seriously, you can't. 
I don't know what my wallet was doing there. It was stolen. Somebody took it. That guy took my wallet and dropped it there on purpose to frame me. You got to try something. So I guess the sheriff's department is right. They are the dumbest criminals of the week. And many of you say, of course, they're the devils of the week. They're from central Florida. We get a lot of dumb criminals from Florida. There's no question. But as of late, there are, we're hearing dumb criminal stories from all over the country. So I don't want to just pick Florida out. I mean, Florida does a good job. No question of giving us uh, dumb criminals, but there are, there are plenty of dumb criminals around the country. So don't hang your head, Texas. Stop it. Don't hang your head, South Carolina, Georgia, any of you other states. Stop it. You're still in the fight for dumbest criminals. You are. You're good enough. And so is Alaska. Gosh darn it. You're just as good for weirdo people too. Don't hang your head. Stop it. So the mayor of Anchorage, Alaska. I had this story yesterday. I cannot wait to go on Pat Unleashed tomorrow morning. Uh, I know you're listening live. I know this is a podcast. I get it. And we make the joke that you're listening live and I get the joke. Okay. That's why I do it. But I cannot wait to go on Pat tomorrow morning because he did this story this morning and it was really funny about the Anchorage mayor. But I thought I read it wrong because he talked about it being an inappropriate, the mayor got in trouble for an inappropriate massaging relationship. <laughs> now, seriously, who among us? <laughs> but so I sat down to do the show today and I'm thinking, well, I got to do the story. It's fantastic. I, it's a, the Anchorage mayor is in, a, in trouble and it's some sort of scandal, sex scandal. And I, you know, we're going to do the story. That's why I had it on the show sheet. But I hadn't read the full story yet. So I heard Pat joking around about massaging. And I was in love with it. I was saying, ah, I can't wait to get to this story. It's inappropriate massaging. And I get it. I understand how someone could get in trouble for having an inappropriate massaging relationship. Some of them during the Me Too movement, we heard all the time about people, you know, he would walk up behind me and just start massaging my shoulders. And sure, they wanted, you know, the Me Too movement would say, then he, you know, would grab me and everything else. But this mayor obviously, you know, was, had his inappropriate massaging relationship. But the story is inappropriate messaging relationship. <laughs> so one of us is wrong. It's either inappropriate messaging relationship or massaging either way it's a, a bad lapse of judgment uh that the mayor made years ago when he had this consensual inappropriate messaging relationship i don't know i, I can't i i it's my story i have in front of me says messaging i'm gonna how, you know well how do you spell it I mean, the story of me is M-E-S-S-A-G-I-N-G. Massage is M-A-S-S-A-G-I-N-G. And I can, I mean, the mistake is easy and it's really funny. But I can't wait to tell Pat, dude, it's messaging, not massaging. (laughs) We all want to. We all want to believe that it was massaging. I love it. Now, it's a freaky thing, the whole thing, because he's now resigned. And they were happy about him resigning because he's been such a a lockdown freak and Anchorage doesn't want any of that. So they're happy. I don't know that it's going to help them during this this, uh, virus lockdown. Good luck. God bless. But, uh, boy, that's starting to be a theme. Uh, But he's since resigned. Now, the anchor... Well, he got in trouble with this Maria Athens, all right? So she was an anchor for the local Fox and ABC affiliated affiliated news stations. So I guess one day she was worked for one, then she went across the street. It's Anchorage. They're, I think their market is in the 140s. You know, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a smaller market. But, you know, still strong. <laughs> If you're on TV in Anchorage, you're on TV at Anchorage. You can quote me with that. So apparently, she uh, posted a video of her on her professional Facebook page alleging that the mayor 
posted an illicit photo of himself to underage girls website all right so she claimed the accusations were coming from reliable sources and said the story would be airing later that night so an investigation by the anchorage police and you don't want none of them and the fbi into allegations found no criminal conduct they blasted her for slanderous and categorically false uh reporting and 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 just blaming him so then she posts to her facebook page a nude image saying it's the mayor along with the mayor's initial statement so then later that day she gets arrested at the station for punching the station manager whom she was also romantically involved with so i don't know she the station manager is telling her hey take a hike i'm sick of you what are you doing you're out of your mind uh you can't work here so she punches him she's now pissed at him because he's mad at her and he's mad at her for this not that i mean he still wants to have the inappropriate massaging relationship so then she goes before the judge and she as she's in front of the judge she kept interrupting the court and had all these outbursts in front of the court saying i have pancreatitis and i needed to get i need to get back to work so they don't even know if she's still employed at the station so she's charged with misdemeanor assault criminal mischief and disorderly conduct and that was just for the fight at the news station that has nothing to do with the you know if it is the mayor in the nude pick where did she get that from i don't know maybe that is what the mayor is talking about as the <laughs> inappropriate messaging message messaging relationship <laughs> so he's all hot for this anchor as a mayor and i don't even know if he was the mayor at the time but i guess so and uh he's sending her nude pics and saying man you look so hot on tv tonight baby we don't have any reports of what the inappropriate messaging was i can't wait to read those if they're if we get those out that'll be great uh i mean it'll be awful because we're ruining a man's career and we're ruining a, an anchor's career so she's out of her mind right she's having this sexting relationship with the mayor and then she's having an affair with the station manager and now she's pissed at the mayor for whatever reason maybe the mayor stopped texting her and said stop leave me alone or i don't want to now you know maybe she tried to you know have the relationship go farther and he's like no i'm just happy with the inappropriate massaging relationship <laughs> so shh, i want to tweet this so bad but I don't want Pat to know until I see him tomorrow morning because it's so great. I know he read it wrong and it's funny. It's really funny. I want it to be an appropriate massaging relationship. I really do. But if you're listening <laughs> on the 15th of October, 2020, it doesn't matter. If you're listening to this tomorrow, Pat Gray unleashed in the morning, uh, the 16th of October, 2020 just know that you go back and listen to that podcast as well because i'm gonna have some fun with this story tomorrow i cannot wait all right let's go to the break room i need something to drink As long as we're in the break room, you can hear that. There's an air show. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a break, pause for a second, because there's an air show uh, from the airport that's close to my house here in DFW. And, of course, they're going to practice now. I thought since it got windy and cloudy, they'd postpone the practice a little bit. But, no, they're just going to practice now. So, I'm going to have to try to get through recording the show in between air show practices and my wife 
<laughs> of course. I mean, I, I love her for it. Is outside. She'll be outside snapping pictures uh, from here to through Sunday or Saturday, whenever the air show is over, because she loves it. She's got great pictures of previous air shows, and it's a drive-in, drive-by air show this year that they're doing. So it's kind of a you know it's obviously a, you know a COVID nineteen coronavirus air show, but uh, it'll be fun to see the planes flying around this weekend and uh, as always look for you know shots on her accounts because she'll be posting them and I'll repost some of the good ones anyway. Uh, while you're uh, sitting there taking a drink here in the break room, uh, from your chilled beverage, let me remind you to subscribe to Chewing the Fat, please. Uh, If you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber to this podcast, then you should become a subscriber. Uh, You know, don't just be a freeloader in life. Become a subscription freeloader instead. Duh. And subscribe to this podcast, Chewing the Fat. Okay? Yeah. Um, And I don't care where you're at. You know, I don't care what, what platform you use, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, or the plethora of platforms that there are. Uh, just choose one and subscribe. And again, I don't care where you are in the world, like anywhere in this, Canada, Belgium, France, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, Germany, We even have some listening in the Russian Federation. Thumbs up to you. And South Korea, hello. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So it doesn't matter. But if you're listening to this in any of those places and you're listening for free without being a subscriber, (laughs) you are not living the fullest life you could live. That's all I'm saying. Remember way back in May... (laughs) way, way back in May, really does seem like another lifetime ago, when uh, Amy Cooper, the white lady in the park, was screaming on her phone, calling 911, claiming a black man was assaulting her, way back in May. Well, uh, you know, after he had asked her to leash her dog in Central Park, it's kind of a weird story because they're both named Cooper. They both have the last name Cooper. I guess no relation, but the DA in Manhattan is engaged in, says that Amy was engaged in racist criminal conduct and his office would hold anyone making a false and racist 911 call accountable. So I guess they're working on a deal for her. So she's going to have to participate in a program to educate her and the community on the harm caused by such actions. How Now, I will say, dumb. Absolutely dumb. Fun to watch because it was so stupid. And I felt like uh, Christian Cooper, the black man who was being uh, hollered at and falsely accused from Amy Cooper, handled it fairly well, at least uh, during the video portion that we saw. But do you want her out participating in a re-education program of the community? And how were you harmed? I know that Christian was, but you personally, way back in May. I don't know. I don't know, but good for her if she can work out a deal. And great if we can have those re-education programs happening. Tell you that. Okay, so we've all heard about, uh, we all have robots and we have drones around and we want drones delivering uh, our goods to the house. And someone has to control them, right? And we have military drones. We've got people... You know, in the desert, in Nevada, at least we think that's where they are, controlling the drones that were flying all around the world. So there's a story out now that they're talking about robot dolphins. All right. They're talking, hey, all these places that have dolphins, uh, you know, we can use fake ones. And I mean, it'd be like lifelike animatronics use in Hollywood movies could one day entertain crowds at theme parks instead of wild animals held in capacity, you know, in captivity. Well, okay. 
Uh, swimmers could dive with robotic great white sharks and even reptiles that filled Jurassic era seas millions of years ago. That would be cool, right? Uh, right. Currently, according to the story, there are 3,000 dolphins currently in captivity being used to generate several billion dollars for dolphin experiences. And so... You know, people love them. They're dolphins. Heck yeah. We like to see the sharks and we like to see the whales and we like to see, we would love to see, you know, we go to Jurassic Park and we see the giant, uh, you know, <laughs> the giant dinosaurs in the water and on land, by the way. So if you could make them look real, it'd be awesome. Well, a company called Edge Innovations, I may have to try to talk to this man, Walt Conte, founder and CEO of Edge Innovations. Uh, there's a picture of him using a handheld controller to move an animatronic dolphin in a tank at his warehouse in California. Nice. Now, I don't know how much it costs. Robots are pretty expensive. So, you know, anything, and there's so many, so many things that I can, that I can talk about that I want to be animatronic in my life. But. Wouldn't you like to have one? Let alone, you'd go to Jurassic Park to see if the animatronics looked real. You'd go and see them. You just would. So, A, would you go to the to the water parks to see, you know, fake dolphins swimming with people? Maybe fake dolphins. <laughs> it says here... <laughs> The idea is to create a kind of Sesame Street underwater. I think it would be cool to have Sesame Street characters, you know, swimming with the dolphins. Right? I mean, you could have all kinds of animatronics. Plus, at some point, they've got to become reasonable. So, you have them for yourself. Right? You have your own dolphin in the pool out back. So, you have your drone flying around taking pictures with your, with your GoPro. And you have your edge innovation dolphin swimming in your pool with your handheld i know that'd be really cool swimming with whatever kind of animatronics now get that out of your mind stop it wow why are you why are you thinking like that got some entertainment news we'll get to uh rocker tommy lee uh, you know him you love him uh he has and uh, you know i want you to he's squared off on you is what he's done and he has said that and he this is a threat i would take this as a threat from tommy lee that if president trump gets reelected, uh he's going to move to greece the country of of origin that he's from. I know. I know you think to yourself, like the first thing that comes to your mind would be so, but if you're scared and you think that, you know, you don't want Donald Trump to be reelected because you don't want Tommy Lee to move back to Greece. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a violent threat. And I, I, you know, I would, I could maybe talk to your attorney and do something about it. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he, his quote is dude, I swear to God, if that happens, then I'm coming over to visit the UK. I'm out of here. I'll go back to my motherland, go back to Greece and get a house on one of the islands. So, uh, that's a threat. That is a threat from Tommy Lee. And you know, you take it for what you, what you want. You can be scared. You cannot be scared. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm taking it as so bye but you you know if you're concerned you you know you be concerned Stevie Nicks uh, is back in the news she had a, a interesting interview where she talked about how the pandemic is uh, really She's really struggling with it. She's taking it more seriously than most. She said she's barely left her home in Los Angeles this past year. Uh, she said, my assistant, God bless her, puts on her hazmat suit and goes to get food. Otherwise, we'd starve to death. That's kind of funny. 
I don't know if she means literally putting on a hazmat suit. That wouldn't surprise me. But I'm guessing she just means, you know, gloves and a hat and a mask and glasses. And we'll, for the best possible outcome, we'll say she wasn't serious. But if she was, so be it. I get it. She said her mom was on a ventilator for three weeks when she had open heart surgery and she was hoarse for the rest of her life. Oh, okay. And she doesn't want to catch COVID-19. I get it. I get it. But one of the things that uh, she brought up in this interview was uh, that her abortion, her abortion that she had uh, when she was early on in her career. So in 1979, she said she terminated her pregnancy. And look, abortion rights were, you know, my generation's fight. And again, if President Trump wins this election and puts that puts the judge he wants in, she'll will absolutely outlaw it and push women back into the back alley abortions. That's not even on the docket, by the way, Stevie, and so you don't really understand the whole thing, but you go ahead and keep saying that. I tell you what, you should go to Greece with Tommy Lee, but I digress. She talked about the termination of her pregnancy uh, when Fleetwood Mac were at the height of her career and she was dating Eagle singer Don Henley and she said if she had not had the abortion she's pretty sure there would have been no Fleetwood Mac now there's just no way that I could have had a child then working as hard as we worked constantly right right you can't have a kid and work hard and there were a lot of drugs I was doing a lot of drugs. I would have had to walk away. <laughs> and Lord knows, you don't want a kid to keep you down. Walk, you'd have to walk away from from being part of a rock and roll band. Well, Fleetwood Mac. And you'd have to have a kid so you couldn't keep having all that sex and drugs. Am I right? All right. So this was in 79. I mean, rumors was out when? In 77? So they were pretty freaking huge in 79. I mean, they, that Rumors album was, you know, incredible through the roof. Still is. I mean, it's a great album. But I didn't realize that she struggled with her career three years later or two years later when she got pregnant. And, you know, she was doing drugs and having sex. and <laughs> oh, Gosh darn it. The next thing you know, what happens when you have sex? You were pregnant. <laughs> if you're not careful, if you're just stoned out of your mind all the time and you end up getting pregnant, well, what else can you do? You can't have the kid. Am I right, Stevie? Well, I am with you because that's what you said you did. So, I mean, you just, it's just the way it is. Duh. I can't be expected to have a child and a career and be able to do drugs and have sex all the time with a kid around. Huh. Wow. Plus, Stevie Nicks. I mean, she is how old now? Weird. Times are times are changing. Stevie Nicks is what, 71 now? Oof. Oof. Sorry. I don't mean to say woof at 71 because she's 72. Woof, man. So I was asked in this interview if she, uh, you know, about spirituality and if she, you know, how she handles it. And she said, some people are really afraid of dying. I'm not. I've always believed in spiritual forces. Really? What about the spiritual force of the kid that you killed? But and I digress. Don't worry about that. You would have had to stop your career and stop doing drugs and having sex because <laughs> you got a kid. So, uh, she said she absolutely knows that her mom is around her all the time. And her mom, you know, died in 2012. Very sad. And she used a story about how she knows her mom is around her all the time because she was in her kitchen having bad acid reflux and she felt something almost tap around her shoulder and felt a voice inside of her say, is that Gatorade you're drinking? Now, she says I'd been sick and chugging down the Hawaiian punch. Uh, just to be clear, 
I don't know. She probably realizes, but I, you know, if she were here, I'd remind her that Gatorade and Hawaiian Punch, two different things. But it's okay. Uh, she said, uh, "I know that's not some romantic gothic story of your mother coming back to you. It's your real mother walking into the kitchen and saying, don't drink any more of that crap.'" And she laughs and she says how close she was to her mom. So. <laughs> man this story has just made stevie nicks uh closer to my heart i really want to be more of a fan to stevie than i ever was and this story helps with that i'll tell you that at one point you'd think you'd thought ah, stevie nicks ah, you know she's part of fleetwood mac and she's okay and then you think well my gosh thanks thank you that she's still in fleetwood mac since she, you know, had an abortion because otherwise she would have had to, she thinks she would have had to stop Fleetwood Mac and she thinks she would have had to stop doing drugs and having sex and partying during the, you know, the years after she had a kid. I mean, a lot of people still continue on with their life, Stevie, so it's possible that wouldn't have happened, but we'll never know, will we? Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. Okay. I know, uh, you know, I, I do try to steer from uh, specific, specific political stories on this show because I just feel like we get enough. We get enough. And I want to want to let you know what else is going on around the world. And But I want to talk about <laughs> Melania Trump gave an interview talking about uh, being tested for COVID-19 and becoming positive, her and her husband. Well, now, Barron, the son, has tested positive for COVID-19. He's 14 years old. And so they're talking about that. And I don't don't want anybody to get COVID-19 unless he's trying to get it to sell his plasma like the people at BYU-Idaho. But that having been said, I see eating about it and, you know, and I don't, I don't want him to, I want him to be better and be quarantined and be over with it. But the picture that they show of Melania and Donald and Baron walking, it looks like from helicopter one, uh, what is Baron like eight feet tall now? I mean, every time I see him, he's growing taller. This kid is, <laughs> I mean, I guess I've, you know, my daughter's 13 and she's still growing. And my oldest son, when he was, you know, 14, 15, 16, he was, you know, became a monster, you know, huge. And, uh, so I, I mean, that's when it happens, man. But I mean, this kid is like, I mean, he's ready to play. He's ready to play basketball. I don't know if he likes it. I don't know. He probably likes to just sit home and play video games and, and, uh, you know, vape. I get it. But, uh, give the kid a basketball done. Let him go. I mean, he could still he can run your organization and make a few million from the NBA. Oh <gasps> no, he couldn't play for the evil NBA because they get money from China. Never mind, I forgot what I was talking about. I mean, as long as we're taught uh, political kids and uh, political leader kids, I use that word leader, small case. Uh, you know, Hunter Biden's story is uh, everywhere again because of the New York Post story. And it talks about, uh, you know, the Ukrainian deal and they've got pictures and there's a laptop that was turned into a, a, a computer guy fixer, computer fixer guy, and uh, didn't get paid for it. And he doesn't know if it was Hunter Biden who dropped it off. He just guesses it was. And there was a sticker from the Bo Biden Foundation, which, by the way, no longer exists, but he was going to cure cancer with that foundation. But I, I, I digress. And so... uh it's now, and because of that story, the light has turned on to social media because they were locking down people from sharing the story, right? They limited the distribution of the New York Post story. Oh, okay, because they were concerned, and it was nice of social media, Twitter and Facebook, to, to be concerned that it might be misinformation, because we've talked so much. we That's what I want out of my life is to have Twitter and Facebook decide for me what is misinformation. <laughs> right? Thank you. I know. I know. I know. So uh, that's the argument. Now, we've gotten away from what the actual story is. The actual story is Hunter, again, being a dirtbag 
and I use that term lovingly. I mean that, lovingly. He's out partying. Uh, there's a video that hasn't been released that apparently is part of some of the pictures that were released in the story that has him, you know, naked and smoking crack. And Do I want to see the video? Yes, is the answer. Would I look twice? I don't know. I can't promise. You know, I, could, I, could, I, I can't say that I wouldn't look twice, but I will watch it once. But we know that he's a dirtbag. My gosh, and, and the whole thing behind the Ukrainian deal and the Chinese deal, and I know I'm getting plugged. Just remember that Peter Schweitzer, who we talked to on the show, uh, detailed it in a couple of his books. Uh, if you go back and listen to episode 227 of Chewing the Fat, uh, I detail who is Hunter Biden from a story that ran down his life. I've talked about what a, you know, I feel I feel bad for him because there's no wonder he's doing drugs and he's got a stripper that ha- gave birth to one of his children that he's paying for. And uh, he's having, I think, more kids with another woman. And uh, now the money flow is going to dry up. So I hope everything works out for him. I mean that. But, I mean, he's in a tough spot. But now we've turned away from that because the social media people have decided to limit the distribution. And that's the fight now, other than whether the story is true and whether, you know, Mr. Biden, former Vice President Joseph Biden, running for President of the United States, actually met these Ukrainian people. He's always said, no, he didn't even know about it. I have never talked to my son about being his business or anything. Why would you? You don't talk to your children about what they do. <laughs> oh, it's just dumb. And so, uh, you know, but this, if true, proves that that was a lie. I think we all knew it was a lie, but we didn't have any proof. So people were all wound up. Accounts getting blocked, getting suspended for sharing the Biden story. And it was just amazing. So now there's the big fight over social media, whether they're going to continue with the 230, Section 230 immunities. We've talked about that on the show before. They shouldn't, or they should just say, hey, we'll get the immunities. You can post anything you want. Go ahead. Unless it's illegal, you can post anything you want. Uh, you know, now, who? Then, then you get into, that's where we're at, right? Where you get into the weeds with what they think is illegal. But Jack, CEO of Twitter, uh, said yesterday, and I think it was, I mean, it was well into the night. So it was some time after, after so many accounts had been suspended and the story had been uh, uh, limited for distribution. Uh, he said, oh, you know what? Uh, the decision to block URL sharing without context was unacceptable. Oh, oh, okay. So you're not sorry that you did it. It's all your in-company policies that have kicked into gear to limit this story distribution and to suspend accounts that continue to share this story. You're just saying, oh, you know what? We decided to do it and... (laughs) We didn't we didn't tell people exactly what the context was that we were doing it with. <laughs> That's unacceptable. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Thanks. Good luck in front of Congress, my friend. Good luck. All right, I'll stick with this stuff just so you know what's going on. A new survey from Pew Research Center found that 82% of voters, of which <laughs> many of you listening to this show are... <laughs> I know, weird how that looks. Those of you here, you know, in the United States of America. Um, Voters in this center, the Pew Research Survey, found 82% of the voters think it's important for the country to know who won the election within a day or two of November 3rd. (laughs) I chuckle because it's, I doubt that's going to happen. However... Half of you, 50%, are confident that this will happen. So the other half, or I don't know how many, what percentage says, I don't know, have, uh, have are concerned. Because the, the election officials have all said, expect a delay, uh, it's not going to happen, we've got mail-in ballots, 
people have voted. We got early voting. We got we got we got mail in ballots to verify. We have we've so you're not gonna know. We, there's just no way we could know. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully we'll have the social media companies ready and willing to let us know from reliable news is when it actually happens because if not they're going to limit the distribution of many of our accounts uh, letting people know what's going on so good luck i i think i'm in the 50 percent that says it's not going to happen it just isn't going to happen i know 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 i got it i got it right, i'm going to leave you today with a story from south carolina it's a story that talks about a squirrel named Chris Chris who predicts this election, the presidential election. Now, I could read it to you and tell you all about Chris Chris and the owners who had another squirrel that used to participate and do elections, but it died. I know, we lost him. I know. But then, according to Serena Ash. Chris Chris came into their lives. She's just a temporary caregiver. And so they put... Not, you know what? I'm just going to let you listen to the report. This is a report from a local television station. I think it's from WCBD TV. Uh, in their local news report, uh, Chris Chris the Voting Squirrel uh, lives... Apparently at Area 51 Bicycle Shop. So there's that. But you've got to hear this news report. That's just awesome. Across the country are heading to the polls early to cast their vote for the 2020 presidential election. News 2's Antonio Stinson news had two. a chance to witness a unique uh, first-time voter there. make his presidential pick. Today, right beyond these doors, is someone special who decided to make the early vote. Oh, Area 51 and bicycle shop. And that's special is Chris Chris the squirrel, who's taking part in the squirrel vote, where a squirrel is put to the test and chooses its pig for the presidential election. <laughs> that role was originally held by Nuki, but after oh, no. he passed away, it was time for a new voter to take the mantle. All right. We thought it had ended, but apparently Chris Chris um, was sent into our lives, and we lost him, and then got him back so oh wait. Um, i think we'll oh we lost the tradition the chris chris's temporary caregiver serena ash says one of her friends told her something surprising when it comes to the squirrel boat but she actually said she's gonna vote for the squirrel so wait she's gonna vote for the squirrel um what the squirrel boat oh for. Okay. so that's okay. an interesting okay. thing that we found the way it works is that 10 nuts will be placed in two bowls with the names of the candidates on each bowl <laughs> The that Chris Chris eats the most nuts from by the time he's done with lunch is declared the winner. Okay. As he chomps away to make his choice, Serena explains how she thinks the squirrel vote could help people. Okay. I think it probably will be a, a relief from the regular from the news that we've been hearing. You know? Right. But um, right. it just might get people out to vote. Right. In the end, Chris Chris decided that President Trump will get another four years in office. Nice. And Serena leaves us with one final thought. If a squirrel can do it, then people can too. <laughs> thank you thank you i appreciate it uh i think that we can i think we can all go by those words if a squirrel could do it then we can too